Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with young voices in the theater industry. I'm your host, Alexander Piheko, and I'm joined today by Sharon Rose. Sharon is a wonderful actress and a very talented musician, and her West End credits include Beautiful, The Carol King Musical, Motown, Carolina Change, and more. She is currently starring in one of the biggest musicals here in London, but for various reasons, we couldn't quite say what the show is. But I think you guys will be able to figure it out. So feel free to drop me a line afterwards and let me know which show do you think it is. In our conversation, we spoke about pretty much everything from her upbringing and cultural influences to being introverted in a traditionally extroverted industry to well-being, rubbish TV shows, and a whole bunch of good stuff. This is certainly one of my absolute favorite conversations, and it's also the last episode of the season. Now, we are definitely coming back for season two at the end of the summer, but until then, I just wanted to thank you guys again so much for tuning in each week and for coming on this amazing journey with me. And I really do hope you've enjoyed these episodes as much as I did recording them. Before we get into the episode, be sure to follow Sharon on Instagram at Sharon Rose Live and subscribe to Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Sharon Rose. I'm very excited to talk to you right now. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. My name is Sharon Rose. I am a performer. I sing, I dance, kind of, and I act. <laughs> um, but I have an incredible passion for music and the arts, and that's what kind of got me into um, musical theatre. So that's what I do. I'm just curious to know, do you come from a musical family? What's your background? Um, yes, I come from a very, very musical family. Um, I grew up singing in church choirs and church groups and, and all of that, but um, specifically, my parents were in a band. That's how they first met um, in Zimbabwe. and. They sort of, you know, my mum was incredible, is an incredible singer, and um, my dad sort of took a fancy to her and was like, "Look, I don't know how I'm going to join the band, but I have to." And I think he started by playing the tambourine or something, and eventually ended up uh, not playing drums. I don't know what he ended up doing, but <laughs> he found his way into the band, and uh, they fell in love and got married, and it's uh, been happily ever after. So um, we've always had music um, in my family and my siblings kind of continued on that band thing and we started traveling together as siblings um, performing music and as our family got bigger, my, brothers got, my brother got married and so many different things, you know, my sister-in-law started singing with us and so yeah, we just kind of have a, a family band oh, still that's even now. That's yeah. such a cute story. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> So, did you grow up in London or did you move here later on? Um, I was born in Zimbabwe and I moved to London when I was 10. Um, and then uh, when I was about 14, we moved to Essex. And uh, I won't say how long 
has been since then because then they will give away my age. Yeah, but we don't <laughs> want to do that. Yeah, no, no. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so I, I basically had my formative years in Essex. So actually, now that you've touched upon it, like, does your cultural heritage impact the way you you perform? Or because I know you're a creator as well, you, mm-hmm. you write and, and stuff like that. So does that influence in any way the stuff you in, you know put out creatively? Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I think it has to. Every part of your life, I always say that an artist is doomed to experience the things they write about. And that's because um, if you don't write your experience, what are you writing? It doesn't mean anything. Awesome. Um, so do you feel like you chose your passion or did it choose you in a way? Oh, that is such a philosophical question. Um... I think it's both. It's a bit of both. Um, I chose it because I had I had options. You know, I, I have a degree in history. Because no one will ever take that away from you. You know, <laughs> uh, they can take a job, but they can't take your degree. Is what a parent should say. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I felt drawn. I felt so drawn to it naturally um, that anything else would have made me unhappy. You know? So what were some of the aspects of this industry that drew you to it, specifically? Um, the joy. Um, to be honest, I hadn't really um, had any experience in the musical theatre industry prior to starting my first job, which was beautiful, the Carol King musical. Um, I had never really had much experience with the industry. Um, but what made me stay, what kept me wanting to come back, was the fact that I left work every day full of joy and I would come in full of joy regardless of how tired I was or how nervous I was or you know the fear of performing in front of thousands of people every day regardless of all of that there was like an underlying joy like I I, I wanted to come back to work every day I wanted to be there I wanted to laugh with those people and so I think that that is what drew me in or kept me going <laughs> that's amazing and I like that you touched upon uh, beautiful because mm. My next question was going to be, what were some of the milestones in kind of your performing life that you can talk about and kind of what was your first role on stage and how did you feel getting that experience in this industry? Hmm. Milestones or first role? Like, well, I guess, what was that a milestone? Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like the reason I asked that question is because I feel like there was, there have been so many milestones in this industry. I feel like... Every year, every opportunity is a milestone. Um, and again, it's based, It's because I have so much joy in my job that every single thing is the best thing I could possibly be doing. You know what I mean? So, what a wonderful attitude. Um, it's great. It's, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But um, my first role was playing Little Eva um, in the Carol King musical. Little Eva, who uh, was the original performer of the Locomotion song written by Carol King. And I loved that character because she was just every bit of me you know um she was young she was excitable she wanted to to sing that's all she wanted to do you know she was a babysitter for carol king in fact she was carol king's babysitter and um carol king wrote the song and was like why don't you try and sing it eva and uh, she sang and <laughs> she became you know uh mildly famous i don't know uh, for a good amount of time um, so yeah I just like I really enjoyed playing her and even though I was kind of you know cl- 
close to my mid in my mid 20s um i was playing a 16 year old and that gave me so much freedom and i really enjoyed it so that was a big milestone um yeah i i've had a few playing diana ross getting to play diana ross i mean i i covered diana ross so um uh, the role was actually played by this incredible actress, Lucy St. Louis, who's amazing. Um, and I got to cover the role of Diana Ross, and that was phenomenal um, because it's Diana Ross, you know. Of course, yeah. Phenomenal. And I got to play her maybe four or five times in a year, and that was such an incredible experience. So, yeah, it's so many milestones. <laughs> and actually, on that note, because you've been in multiple shows here yeah. on the West End in the last couple of years, including, you know, such iconic pieces you've mentioned, Beautiful and Motown. So mm-hmm. what are some of your guiding principles when choosing what to do next? Do you have a vision for for what you would like to achieve professionally? I think it's whatever scares me the most. That sounds really, that doesn't really sound very technical or, or a very good way of um, gauging <laughs> what to do next. But... Um, but I love that because you have to be a risk taker yeah. to some extent in this industry. Yeah, this industry is very much a risky business, and and that is said throughout of it. I, I don't I don't just mean like you know once you get an amazing job, um, you know have the risk of being you know um, whether you're going to be good at it or you're going to be bad at it. Not just that, but just being open and willing to open yourself up and saying, you know. I might not know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to get to where I need to get to. You know what I mean? Certainly. Uh, being broke, <laughs> um, being going hungry or uh, jobless for a while, but you know, taking those risks. So I think um, those are kind of like my the things that I look at um, when I'm going for my next job, whatever it is that scares me the most, um, and also the thing that my gut pulls me towards um and I know it's easy said than done to talk about the gut people always talk about oh you you know do what your gut tells you what does that mean (laughs) but I think it's something that gives you the most excitement you know when the first time you meet someone that you fancy that something inside of you those butterflies yeah those butterflies I think that has something to do with your gut you know just that feeling of excitement when you hear about something um and so yeah I think that's what um (laughs) That is kind of what helps me in the direction, in the right direction. That's amazing. So, what would you say is the best part of being on the West End? Oh, that's a good question. Being surrounded. So, I feel like for the entirety of my career, um, which is only just beginning, but so far I have been surrounded with the most incredible people. I've been blessed to work with talents who are so different, so vastly just on one end of the spectrum to the other but just every single one of them was the very best at what they did and and I am so privileged to have witnessed every single person um, over time um, I've never felt like I looked at someone and gone that person's very similar to the other every single person was just a unique fingerprint and every time I saw them I truly enjoyed being around them because I learned something from every single person you know it's like a, it's like uh imagine like a robot walking into a room and having to learn lots of different languages and lots of different 
um, things. And that's what I felt like. I just felt like I was taking in so much information from all the differences and the wonderful people and wonderful personalities. Now, when I spend time with people who aren't in the industry, they always say to me, gosh, calm down, Sharon, because, you know, when you're in musical theater or when you're in performance in general, people's personalities are so big and so larger than life that when you go to a place where people's personalities aren't that <laughs> big, it's really noticeable. So I've just been fortunate to be surrounded by incredible unique individuals for the last god knows how many years i've been working yeah i love that it's i love that so great. much yeah, yeah it's been great because everyone across the board who i've interviewed have mm. always spoken about very highly about the community yes yeah. it is because you guys spend a lot of i think people that's the one thing people don't actually realize myself included before i started this mm. that you spend so much time rehearsing yeah. working on it like doing the actual show even stage or things like that and you know you are with those people mm. for a considerable amount of time mm. so uh so it's really neat to see people recognize that yeah we spend a lot of time together um and you know not just the fact that it's rehearsals and work time but we spend six days a week together i spend more time with my work friends than i do with my family you know um And so that has to create some form of a connection, whether you like it or not, that has to create something that's much deeper than um, a lot of other relationships, you know? So it's a, it's a very special, <laughs> very special thing to be a part of this. Do you ever, have you ever had to almost force it a little bit? Because um, the reason I'm asking that is because obviously you're given a very limited amount of time usually mm -hmm. to, to rehearse and then put it together and then obviously create that chemistry. Yeah. So is there that element ever, has that ever happened to you? Forcing it, yeah. Um, I think there are always going to be moments where you feel extremely exhausted feel tired you feel drawn out every single like facet every single part of your body is shattered and you have to just find it somewhere you know um there have been times where I've performed and I've literally been at the end of my tether and yeah in those moments you feel like you're forcing it but actually um it's quite amazing there's something that happens when you're on stage and the camaraderie regardless of how tired you are. I mean, you speak to a lot of um, musical theater people, yeah. but there's something so special about the last show on a two-show day, on a Thursday or a Wednesday or a Saturday, or whatever two-show day you have, there's something really special. Actually, specifically on the very last show of the week, on a Saturday night, there's something really special about that because that's when you usually find people the most tired, the most just, just, like have nothing at the beginning of the show but then something clicks in the middle of the show and the camaraderie just brings the show up and we usually find that on saturday nights we get the biggest applauses because we're the most tired but we're giving the most because we're just that's all we have you know what i mean yeah, we're giving the so very last of what we have and the audience can feel that the people backstage can feel that and it just lifts everyone up lifts everyone's spirit and you find people going it's a day off tomorrow it's a day off tomorrow come on you've got this one last go one last go come on you've got this and it's yeah it's really encouraging so 
Yes, I don't even remember your question now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I love this because... I'm rambling. No, that's fine because this is like very valuable information because I was thinking about that when mm-hmm. I went to see a show recently and I went on a weekday, weeknight. Yeah. And I usually do, um, just after work. And then I went on a, uh, to a Saturday show as well the same week. And there was just something... And I hate picking days because I think mm-hmm. you guys always try your best yeah. and... And all that, but there was just something about that Saturday show that yeah. clicked. And yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not that we're waiting to do our best on Saturday because every like, there is something to be said about musical theatre performers in that, man, those people work hard, like so hard. Eight shows a week is no joke, and they are giving you their blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but there's something about like that final push where you're like. God, I made it through eight shows. It's almost like you you can't believe that you made it through. Every single week you wake up and go, can I do eight shows? And then you prove it to yourself on Saturday and you're like, oh snap, I can do eight shows. You know, so I think that's where the excitement comes from. You know, that's where the joy. (laughs) Awesome. So actually going back to the question, like what are some of the on the job lessons that you feel like you've learned through having done a fair few musicals at this point? Um... Uh, homework is very important um, focus <laughs> um, you know in general I, I, don't, I can't speak for any other artist but I think in general for me personally as a performer I find that I can be a bit of a scatterbrain um, but maybe that's just me um, because I think performers are the kids in school Someone uh, said this actually on Twitter. It was actually Giles Terrera who played um, Bert. Um, and he said, you know, let's give it up for actors because you were the um, class clowns and you were the people that wouldn't stop talking in class, you know? Um, hard work is like super important. Um, just keeping your head down and minding your business. <laughs> that's been my motto. I'm like, I'm gonna keep my head down and mind my business and work hard. That's, that's, um, those are the lessons I've learned, and they've truly kept me, to be honest. They've really kept me and made me uh, a better performer, I think. Um, but also, don't suck. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love that. No, no. No, no. Just um, find the joy. That's yeah. what I was trying to get to. Yeah. That not don't suck, but find the joy. <laughs> um, because um, after doing four weeks of rehearsals, 9 till 6 p.m., 9 till 7 p.m., and you've been on your feet every single day wearing heels or on point for those who are doing ballet or all of those things. Like, doing that for seven, six or seven days just drains your energy. Um, but you have to find the joy um, wherever you can. Just stop for a second and be like, what makes me feel joyful right now? <laughs> what makes you feel joyful right now? <laughs> My family bring me so much joy. Um, I, I love to laugh and so I, I try to find that in as many people as possible um, so yeah the, my, the people I love my family, my friends I try to, to stay as connected and as close to them as possible spend as much time with them as possible finding that all of my friends are having kids now so mm. I'm like ah, I want to spend time with you Ah, but you've got your kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No, no, I love them. No, I love yeah. them so much. I, I love their kids. I love 
being with them. So that's what I do. I, I force myself to spend as much time with, with the people I love as possible um, because those are the memories that you're going to keep forever. Work might not be, but those are the memories that you're going to store forever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting you mentioned finding that energy because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this is wrong, but do you think performers have to be extroverts fundamentally? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question because I I am a fake extrovert. <laughs> I pretend to be an extrovert, but I'm actually quite an introvert. I love my own company. I enjoy just being quiet and still. Not so much still, maybe not still. Quiet and alone. Yeah. I really enjoy that um, being on my own but I feel like there is a lot of pressure for performers to be extroverts and I've experienced that and it's it's a lot to deal with because um, in a room full of people I can either be really outgoing and like you know greet people and speak to people and make jokes and laugh or I can be very very quiet and very inward because um, whether I'm loud or quiet it's a very intimidating place to be and I've never been really good at networking. That's never like come natural to me, but as a, an artist, you, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to communicate a message about who you are, what your genre is, what do you do? Talk to us about who you are so that we can sell you. You know, right. every, yeah. you're, you're always being looked at as a product and it's really hard to um, just be who you are. So um, yeah, my name is Sharon and I would like to confess that I'm introverted extrovert I think <laughs> I love that and, and the fact that you said it means a lot to me as well because I'm the same yeah you know naturally by, by the industry I'm in and somewhat connected to, to yeah. yours as well entertainment in yeah. general it's a very extroverted space I yeah, feel like sure. and um, there are obviously introverts here but I think it certainly helps massively when you are a bit more outspoken. Yeah. So I, I have to like train myself every day as well to, to kind of not fake it necessarily, but to put myself out there to to give that energy. I and it's hard. You. It's so hard. It's so draining. I find that when I've been out, I am more tired than when I've been at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? When yes. I've been out at an event having to communicate, having to be, you know, an extrovert doing that drains me more than doing a three-hour performance on stage because I'm just like I'm just I feel like a fish out of water yeah um, I end up creating a script in my head so I go up to someone and I'm like hello how are you what have you been up to like I I, I say the same things and um, try to get different answers so that maybe when I'm speaking to that third person then I can add an additional thing to the script so everyone doesn't feel like I'm saying the same things to them it's very weird um yeah pretending to be an extrovert is really hard but it has to be done in this industry you know it has to be yeah Yeah. Yeah, because I I am not that (laughs) (laughs) no you're doing fine you know I I love this conversation right now okay good perfectly well (laughs) thank Um, you actually talking about slightly different question but talking about inspirations Mm -hmm. so who do you define as visionary do you have any industry role models that you look up to wow 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 that's a lot that's a Uh, load of questions i'm gonna give you some time to think about it yeah that is that is a big question i think for me the older i get the more i look to people who are doing work that is meaningful 
work that will last not because of how good it is but because of what it's saying um, and so those to me are visionaries um, those are the people that I look up to so right now and the thing is that changes all the time because um, like I, I said I'm a bit of a scatterbrain <laughs> earlier so no but we are influenced mm. every day by what's happening yeah. by who rises to the occasion sometimes exactly, exactly. Like that. So, so for me my influences change over time but um, I'm really inspired by people like Ava DuVernay um, yes. right now really inspired by Viola Davis like in terms of a blueprint of what I want to do in the future Viola Davis, Ava DuVernay, um, Shonda Rhimes, um, here in the UK, Michaela Cole, um, um, Sharon D. Clark, like people who are making decisions to do work that means something to them, that says something, that makes a difference um, in our societies, in our communities. And they're the ones that I look to and I say, okay, I'm learning something. Letitia Wright, you know? Yeah. Um, Delight Guerrera. They are, not only are they writing, but they are um, acting. Not only are they acting, but they're being activists wherever they are and um, or standing up for what they believe in. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the things that are going to last. Whether your work lasts, cool. But saying something and doing something that means something I think those are those are the people that for me right now are my biggest influences. Yeah, I'm I'm completely the same as you. I agree a hundred percent. I think I think people who more and more I think it's also part of growing up yeah. in a way. I hate saying that because it makes itself also old. Yeah, but um, in a way, you know, you, you learn that there's more to life than just for sure a look or a song that you know you love and for automatically. Sure. I mean, I went through especially when I first started in musical theater. I went through a period of like, I just wanted to look good all the time. And I wanted to be cute. And I wanted to be like, you know, there was, actually I've just spoken to her today. I saw her today for the first time in ages, but there was this incredibly beautiful black girl that I worked with. And I was like, I wanna be like you. I wanna, you know, be as confident as you and, and dress the way you do and be as, you know, she's just so well put together. And I would look at her and go, that's what I wanna be. And I remember, being so focused on trying to look a certain way um, that that became the most important thing to me and I forgot who I was and that's not like um, no state to her at all because she's phenomenal and she was being true to who she was you know um, but it, my trouble was that I wasn't and I was trying to be something else but these women these incredible women and I specifically chose women because I feel like um, I know now that I'm a feminist and I know now that I'm like focusing on people who, who lead me in that sort of direction. Um, and yeah, now I like, I, I will leave the house looking how I want to look or how I feel like looking or whatever was closest to me because I'm, you know, when I go to events, I'm well put together. But what, you know, when I'm chilling, I just wear whatever I want to. and and express myself however I want to. And that's what these women do. Like, they're not fussing about all of those things. They're fussing, they're fussing about what they're saying. What they're saying is the most important thing, not everything else. That's not to say I don't wanna look cute. It's just that there are more important things and I'm. that's what I'm learning. Like, And it's making me 
so much happier and not as stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now just thinking about the weight of my words. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than worrying about wearing mascara, I'm like, did I say did I say something that meant something to you? Um, did I leave a good impression with you? Um, your soul? Am I am I reaching to you? Your heart? You know, those are the things that are the most important things to me right now. So. Yeah. I sound really deep. I really am not. <laughs> no, but I um, love this. You're giving so much wisdom, and I think people listening to this will will be able to take away loads of different mm. things that will connect to them. So thank you so much for even saying those things. Um, as deep as you want. <laughs> so, but actually, now that you've been in these projects, you know it's Barry Gordy, like Carol King. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to meet any of them, or did you? Were you in that situation? Like I feel like I wanted to meet. Damn it! No, I I never got <laughs> to meet. Um, I never got to meet Barry Gordy, uh-huh. but I got to meet. Ah, yes, I got to meet Jackie Jackson. But with this new project that I've got, I've gotten to meet more people. Um, I've met the writer of the project. Um, uh-huh. Lin Manuel. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, got to meet him. I got to meet so many different people I got to meet uh, Prince Harry and um, did you Meghan actually Markle. wow like, yeah I, which is crazy um, but yeah I got to meet them just wonderful people I, you know um, yeah I've got to do so many things that I would never have been able to do if I wasn't in the show so but let me throw this in so do you feel like you have to perform differently or do you feel like the expectation is very high on those instances that you know they're going to be there that that influences the way you do perform that night no um that's a great question but um the great thing about working on a project that's just amazing and i feel like i've i've had that with every single job that i've done um carol king motown Caroline will change like the material and yeah the material has just been so good that yes you're more nervous than another time you know when big people are coming you're more nervous for sure but I don't think you feel you have to perform any differently Um, especially if you know you've got a very either a big role or a role that's very taxing physically or vocally or whatever it may be you just try to do your best because if you try and change anything oh my god that's when you start flopping I tell you what like I've had so many situations where I remember one, one of the first times someone was like someone's in the audience um and it wasn't anyone that like big um I think it was something like it was someone like Gemma Collins or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, the big GC, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really important to us in Essex, so um, I was very nervous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, someone was like that, and I and you know she was she was watching, and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I should do this and do that, and then that's when you end up falling flat, you know. Obviously not physically falling, but <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah, I know, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's when it just becomes boring because you're pretending to be something else and you're trying to change things. And no, you just you have to keep it. Um, you keep it the way that you've been doing it, but just with that added excitement, that added nerve, like those added nerves. You, you can add those on because that makes it even more special. 
but yeah changing things no no it should yeah it should never be any different it's hard enough as it is right oh my god yeah stop putting the additional pressure on yourself it's too much work sure. too much work so you are currently a standby so yes. i would love to know what that entails like what is a standby um stress it entails lots of stress i'm kidding <laughs> no but i'm sure it no, does no 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 not at all actually um okay not 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 at all um being a standby is one of the most um one of the things I've grown from the most, that I've learned from the most as a performer, um, my the entirety of my career as a musical theatre member, I was part of like the ensemble, um, and you know I was performing every night, six days a week, eight shows a week. Um, but when I became a standby, at first I was like, oh great, this will be easy. I'll I can just come in sit backstage, not have to worry about a thing. But I found that when I first came in to rehearse, I was like, wow, it's a lot more work than I thought it would be, cool. Um, so I put my brain on that gear of focus, work now, you know, and, and that, it was, it felt like a different gear to any other job I'd done. It felt like something new. And so rather than being as relaxed as I thought I was going to be, I actually found that I was rehearsing more. I was working harder because I was constantly on alert. Being a standby means that you, like at any moment, anything can happen and you might have to be on stage, you know, right now. Um, and so I didn't realize that actually it would entail for me to work much harder than I would need to if I was on stage six days a week. Um, and I, I found myself just doing a lot. You know, I'd, I'd go to the managers, ask questions. I'd go to directors, ask questions. I'd grow, I'd, I'd become better. I'd work on my voice, maybe try different things. And because I cover three roles, um, the the energy or the, the strength or the texture that I give one role is completely different to the texture I give another role and, and the other. And it, it really just grows you, not only as a performer, but as a vocalist, as an actor, like it really just pushes you to the very limit of what you can do and also to the very basics of what you can do and just learning how to, um, how to handle that spectrum, yeah. you know, learning yeah. how to deal with that spectrum, that back and forth, because, you know, one role might be slightly easier. Mm -hmm. because she's younger and she's sweeter <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about yeah uh, and the other is the oldest and so holds a lot more authority and um, a lot more um, verve and strength and, and inner strength you know that um, a lot more masculine energy you yeah. know um, and another is beautiful peaceful joyful um you have to be able to, to go from one end of the spectrum to the other um, and not lose yourself somewhere in between. Um, and so I found that I've had to rehearse more, um, but also practice my own voice in my off times. Because doing so many different voices means that I forget what I sound like. You know, I yeah. know what this character sounds like, I know what that character sounds like, I know what that character sounds like, but I don't know what Sharon sounds like anymore, so I'm like, ah, what do I do? So I'm 
So I have to stay on high alert. Basically being a standby is being on red alert consistently. <laughs> and just, um, yeah, just working on on figuring out who you are amidst all these characters you're playing. I find it absolutely incredible what you just said because, yeah, it, it really is true. Because, yeah. you know, you're all these people, but then you're also yourself. Yeah. And that's not a role you're playing, that's your life. Mm-hmm. So just hearing that, that's so mind-blowing, I think, too. Because mm-hmm. you don't always think that about actors. You don't look at them as people, yeah. <laughs> almost. No. You know, sadly enough, but, you know, yeah. you don't. So, uh, so that's great. But you actually touched upon it. So is it hard to come down from the show at the end of the night? Like, how do you switch off? Um, it depends on what character you're playing. The younger character is much easier to play mm-hmm. um, and much easier to come down from. But um, the middle child... She's an interesting one. Um, and I'm so sorry to your listeners that I'm being so vague about it all, but you know. Um, the middle child is, she's she's the heart, I believe, of the show. She's the heart and soul of the show, and she wears her heart on her sleeve from beginning to end, whether she's bursting with joy or she is breaking down she holds the um, the heartbeat of the show throughout and um yeah basically from the very beginning to the very end uh, because she has the very last line in the show or the very last song um so she is a mountain to come down from um especially if you are doing her for a full week and i commend the amazing woman who plays her every night she says and and i say too how difficult it is to come down from that character because in in the middle in the very middle of the show your heart gets broken so much and it is shattered to pieces and you for the sake not just for the sake of, of of your character progression and your character growth but for the sake of the people who have paid their money to come and watch that role needs to be broken she needs to be broken down to the very last piece of her heart and and if you don't portray that you're doing yourself and the audience and everyone else in the team a disservice so you really have to break her down then bring her back up um not to the same joyful child that she was at the beginning but to something else something that's grown something that's a woman something that's more than a woman but a matriarch, something that's uh, a storyteller, something that's big, bigger than, bigger than her, bigger than the leading man, and bigger, <laughs> and bigger than the story in itself. Because you know the very last line is looking forward, and it's moving forward, and, it, and she's talking about what she's going to do next. You know, so you, it's it's honestly one of the the scariest things I've ever done in my entire life but coming down from her is like the challenge of my life. When I get home, it's either I'll be a ball of tears or I'll just be drained where my eyes won't even be able to open very much. I have to cool down vocally after finishing her show. In fact, two of the sisters, I I genuinely have to cool down for about 20 minutes as soon as I finish the show. Maybe not 20, maybe 10 minutes. Have to do like a, a physical, technical, vocal cool down. It's a lot. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> and I it's think, a lot. Yeah, and I think it's actually something, again, that we as fans, as spectators, don't always touch upon. But, like, 
it's there's so much energy on that stage mm. so I've always kind of wondered and marveled at people who are able to like then go about their lives and be like oh, I'm, a, I'm a human being oh gosh it's, yeah um, so well done for for doing that and you know for being your own bubbly self that's here. so funny um for not being really sad and depressed and like <laughs> yeah, but it's hard i can imagine how some people can let it in too deeply oh yeah and then what do you do then oh yeah. yeah i mean that's something that happens all the time though in this industry mm-hmm. and if you don't like i said before have those anchors in your life your family the people you love if you don't have people around you that will allow you to to calm down and to relax then it can create a real issue for you because it's always that question of what next in this industry. What are you going to do next? And where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You know. And people all, always end up um, judging themselves based on the the best last performance. You know what I mean? And yes. you, you can't be doing that. You have to be you. You have to live right now, right here, right now, and not worry about what you did in the past or what you're going to do in the future. It's just it's too stressful. Bringing it back, kind of, you're not just an actress, so you're also a wonderful musician. So, talk to me about your music. Like, what drives you to be a storyteller in that way? Um, truly, I think what drives me to tell stories is is like my childhood has always been. I I've always had a wonderfully safe childhood. My parents have always protected me and they've always shielded me and I'm so grateful to have had parents who were able to do that considering where we came from. You know, we didn't come from the easiest of environments. Um but my parents shielded me from from so many things and I'm forever grateful. But I've always wanted to 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 be a princess. I've always wanted to, to write a fairy tale about riding a horse through the meadows. I've always wanted to to have an adventure. I've just always had loads of ideas in my head. Um, I remember in secondary school, my first secondary school in West London before I moved to Essex, um, my drama teacher, who he was my English teacher, Mr. Batten, uh, I'll never forget him. And I was like in year seven, and he said to me, Sharon, your work would be good if you just didn't have so many things going on in your head at the same time. And that's always been me. Like I've always had far too many things going on, and I just need an outlet to to say them out loud or to write them down or to, yeah. So I think it it comes naturally to me. I think. Well, that's such a fortunate position to be in. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I do wish I could, you know, I could write like other people. I wish I had the brain of a Carla, who's incredible. I love him so much. Um, or, you know, a brain like Danai Gurira. Um, but, you know, also those people are like very, very well educated. <laughs> they they harnessed their creativity yeah. well. But also, as as we spoke about this, like you're being your own self and mm. you're pulling on your own experiences, yeah. so that creates by default very unique stories. Yeah. yeah. So, d- are you, but are you ever kind of afraid or concerned about, let's say, being judged by others or kind of worried about how your creativity is being perceived? Oh my God, yes. And any artist that comes in here and does a podcast with you and says no lies <laughs> I think we're always concerned about what people think I you know like I said we're a commodity we're products I, I, I do worry about what people think about me a little more than I should personally but how do you overcome that I I have wonderful siblings I 
have a wonderful partner, a boyfriend. Um, he's, again, another person who's very together mentally and just kind of, you know, puts me in my place. <laughs> yes. Mm, let me take that back. <laughs> uh, doesn't put me in my place. <laughs> um, but he very is he's able to gather all of the crazy thoughts and just be like okay Sent that's you sent that's yeah. it that's come on <laughs> that's why you're doing this interview uh. <laughs> yes but um but yeah i think that's how that's how i stop freaking out um my brother's always saying to me hey hey calm down like it's not that big a deal and um that really helps me so, <laughs> so yeah that's good and I feel like the more we, we hear like people talk about it and admit that they're being nervous or that they yeah. the things scare them, you know, everyone's scared, but I feel like there's this perception, not just in this industry, but beyond that, you know, we're not scared of anything. Like, oh yeah, especially with social media as well, I have oh, to right. say. Actually now doing a bit of reflection, like I, I went to this amazing event yesterday and, and I feel like everything that was posted was, oh, the, we, we won this and this happened, like highlight, highlight. But I feel like that's when you kind of shrink a little bit. Yeah, and you sure. go, oh my god, like I'm I'm so concerned about my life and no one else's and what's for wrong sure. with me. For sure. So I think having artists like yourself and just just anyone, not just artists, admit that mm-hmm. is very powerful. Yeah, you have to. You you have to just be honest about where you are and how you're feeling. The other day I had my birthday and. Um, <laughs> We're laughing because something was just edited out, just so you guys know. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to keep that as a secret. I hate that, but yes, I'm supposed to. So you had your birthday. I had my birthday. <laughs> and um, I said I said out loud on the mic, you know, I was really nervous that no one was going to show up because I celebrated it. I did like a big bash. And... Um, I was like really nervous that no one was going to show up and I was going to have to pay this bar tab myself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. super sad. And uh, But it was incredible because loads of people turned up. Everyone had an amazing time. Um, also I've heard and they really enjoyed themselves. Um, but I, I said to my brother, look, I don't know if anyone's going to show up. And he was like, well, we'll see what happens. It's fine. People like you. And I was like, yeah, I think people like me. I just don't know if they want to spend time with me. <laughs> you know? But it's 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 like a, a living, breathing fear. Like, on a day-to-day basis of who you are or who other people think or how other people perceive you. You know, that's something that's palpable. And you just have to be really careful um, how you deal with that. Like, again, having those anchored people around you, family, the people you love, to keep you sane and grounded. So yes love that so but one final question Mm -hmm. about theater before we delve into a random section okay great notorious for being super random love it um so going back to that i'm always kind of fascinated to see how like how much there is to learn about this industry and like i'm so grateful whenever i get the chance to pick someone's brain about it and like learn a new term or a fact so like I was wondering if you could teach me and the listeners at home like a quick something about theater acting or just the industry in general that we wouldn't necessarily know if not for this conversation. Okay, this is something I learned from my dad and now I don't know I mean it's 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 got to do with this and I've transferred it. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but no matter how good you are, there's always someone out there better than you so don't stop working 
don't stop searching, don't stop growing, and don't stop learning. Because no matter how good you are, there's always someone out there better than you. No, but that's great. That sounds that sounds awful. It sounds like my dad cultivated this like competitive spirit <laughs> in our house and was like, come up. No, I think he was just trying to get yeah. me to to you know get up out of my own ass. Because as an artist, yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, I'm the best at everything. I think I'm amazing. But just be like, hey, yeah, yeah, you're good, but there's better. Yeah. So what do you what do you have that's going to be different from them? What is unique about you? And that's the thing we should be focusing on. Because I know I can sing and I know I can act. But that's not the thing that's going to get you that job because there are a million other people who can sing and act. What will get you that job is your unique fingerprint, your unique footprint. What is special about you? There you go. <laughs> brilliant. I think that's it. That's absolutely brilliant. And it applies across any industry. Yeah. I, I strongly believe that. Mm. So, um, so. That's amazing. So final question in this, Mm -hmm. if you could just throw a couple of ideas or career aspirations out there, knowing that they will come true, what would you wish for? Oh my God, that is huge. Knowing that they will come true. Okay. Oh God. Okay, here we go. Go for it. These are going to be big. I want to film two big budget, I'm talking mega budget films in the next two years. Um, By the third year, I want to have finished writing and filming my show, my own show that I've written. And um, I the year after that I want to film an additional two films in a single year and I would like to be nominated for some sort of academy award <laughs> hold on let's take that back take that one. No, no, no. not take that okay maybe not take that one back stick with it I it's out there it. yeah nominated for some sort of academy award um, and I would love to I would love to work with Viola Davis to do a charity project um, with Oprah Winfrey and Ava DuVernay and I would love to build a school in Zimbabwe um, and a hospital in the Democratic Republic of Congo yes that's brilliant <laughs> that is such a complete answer I feel like it touches upon everything yeah but I just think those are amazing aspirations and I will say one thing actually because I feel like people talk about or almost joke about actually having like a mood board or like Mm an inspiration board and we're always like putting it down a little bit like oh I just have this silly thing like oh you know but I think when you say and you you, the way you said like I would love to like I will do this Mm -hmm. this will happen I feel like only great things will come to you. Yes. Amen, girl. Yes. <laughs> so you put it out there now. It is going to happen. It's so me. scary to put it out there. I feel like, oh, no, the words have come out of my mouth. <laughs> and it's going to live forever on yes. a recording. So yes, exactly. Whenever those things happen, you can play back and be like, 
Told you. Exactly. You have to come back to me when the things have happened and just be like, Sharon, look. Look at what you said. Yeah, visionary. (laughs) Okay, so now we're on to the random section, which is like a quick fire, 10 questions, have nothing to do with anything. Okay, great. Just your personality. Great. There we go. Okay, so what's usually the last thing you would do before stepping out on stage? Pray. Um, if you had to build a playlist to your life, mm-hmm. what three songs would you definitely put on that list? Oh, Amortela by um, um, uh, Snarky Puppy. Masterpiece by Jasmine Sullivan, I think. Indiari, um, I Am Light. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what excites you right now? My career. Um, and the fact that I'm about to have a brand new nephew that excites me. Yay! Congratulations, that's incredible. Um, what game are you really good at? Game? Oh no, I'm so bad at games. Um, but I'd say I can play Crazy Eight really well. Yeah, that's the one. That's like that's my thing. Okay, podcast recommendation. Oh, the read. I don't know if anyone listens to The Read, but you should listen to The Read. It's so good. It's like these two American wonderful people and they just talk and I don't even notice that they've been talking for two hours and it just goes so quickly. So <laughs> yeah, great. The Read. Awesome. Book recommendation. Oh, that's a good one. Because I know you read a lot, so um, that's a good one. Queenie, Washington Black. Um... I no longer talk to white people about race. <laughs> really good books right now. Yes. Awesome. Uh, recipe recommendation. Right. I'm just going to admit right now that I do not cook very Same. much uh, at all. Um, so anything to do with like big shrimp. Like I love, well, not shrimp, I love prawns. Um, and I once had this lemon garlic ginger and sweet chili um, prawn from Mallorca and it was to die for and I specifically will go back to that restaurant not just to go on holiday in Mallorca but to go back to that restaurant (laughs) Um, yeah it was delicious what's your favorite way to waste time oh this is so horrible but watch tv gosh I'm terrible tv educates you tv gives you Ah, oh, it really doesn't. I think I think a few cells in my brain die every time I watch TV. Um, <laughs> I love this. But, I, you know, I hate that I have to admit, yeah, TV, I watch TV. What's the best worst show you've seen lately? The best worst show? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It used to come on. I think, it, I think it's called Dallas. Is it Dallas? Oh, yes. I know Dallas. It's on Netflix. Yeah. You no. Know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched that, like sort of cowering over my phone like so no one will see that I'm watching it um, but yeah I think it's called Dallas it's just it's basically watching EastEnders with rich people yeah <laughs> and what a world would that be what a world that would be just Dot Cotton and like Givenchy <laughs> and Louboutins yeah. um, for me it's Real Housewives any of the real oh yeah I mean I watched the real house house so that says something about me if that's not the best worst <laughs> like <laughs> I watch real house house of Atlanta that okay. one for me is like my favorite oh, oh my check that out I yeah. went to Cheshire 
exclusively. <laughs> you you watch Cheshire? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I have never met anyone who watches Cheshire. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> me. <laughs> Very original. No, um, I love it. Yeah, Cheshire is something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks it. It doesn't look appealing. I wouldn't <laughs> say it looks appealing. But uh, maybe I'll try an episode. I don't know. I would not touch No? Okay. Cool. No, it's like, it's you have to get into it. I will say, like, I, I only got into it in season four, I think. Oh. So, God. three seasons of, as you said, my brain cells died every episode. You you kept going for three seasons? Oh, my gosh. You are what I call a ride or die. Like, I don't know <laughs> how you did that, but girl, good for you. What's something you've been meaning to try, but you just haven't gotten around to it? I've been meaning to try the whole of Indonesia okay all right I've not gotten around to traveling there but I would love to Indonesia and the Caribbean <laughs> so very soon what is the best way to stay motivated and complete your goals you know what's funny um, this is something that I'm just trying to learn right now um, working out is actually something that really helps focus you because when you say to yourself I'm gonna work out I'm, and you're doing it on a regular basis for some reason every other part of your brain aligns you know it's it's that whole thing it gives you endorphins and you get excited about the day so you start to think of all of the things that you need to plan for the day so that's something that that helps me awesome and lastly mm-hmm. any parting words of wisdom that you would just like to share with the listeners on the other end because mm-hmm. this is actually going to be the last episode of the season oh wow oh lovely um don't suck no I'm kidding um, <laughs> going back to that yeah full circle yeah you're probably a lot more amazing than you give yourself credit for um, we live our lives rarely ever seeing ourselves the only times we see ourselves is when we look in a mirror and how many hours do you spend doing that in a day I say this knowing for the fact that there are people out there who see <laughs> themselves in the mirror all the time but um, we don't see what we look like all the time we see what other people look like and so we start to reflect other people onto ourselves um but what i would like to share with you is that um get to know yourself and share who you are with people um share who you are with more people than than maybe you usually do just share just share a part of yourself with people and um i think good things can only come from that Amazing things will happen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, thank you so much <laughs> for being you. here and sharing all this wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.